This is happening. Let me just do what I love to. No nine to five. This is Lifestyle Architecture Lab and I'm your host Himanshu Satsdeva. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Lifestyle Architecture Lab. In this show I talk about lifestyle design, financial freedom and also dissect the process, behavior and routines of the personalities who have designed a lifestyle of freedom for themselves. These guests range from artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, lifestyle coaches, investors, professional athletes, etc. These conversations dig deep into their stories to find out their thought process, tools, strategies and tricks that makes them tick. In this episode I'm talking to Aditya Shroff, popularly known through his blog as the 5am guy who is also an author of the book The Best Life Ever. He's also a competitive runner and frequently gets podium positions in various running races. He leads quite a simple but interesting life at a farm in a village in Gujarat. After doing his engineering from Mumbai, he got a high-paying job in Germany but eventually dropped that job and came back to India to work on his passion which is writing. In this conversation, we cover a wide variety of topics, how he took the brave decision to drop the job and work on his passion and live on a farm, his creative process while writing the book, how he got the book published and even got a forward from a celebrity who he didn't directly know, how someone who has a passion can convert it into a profession, all of this and much much more in this episode. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Aditya Shroff. Hey Aditya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, it's my pleasure as well. So uh, there are a lot of directions um, where I want to uh, go with this conversation. But uh, let's start with one of your short stories, right. uh, which is The Little Things. Correct. A uh, couple of years back when I was uh, reading uh, one of your blog posts named Little Things, I started to love your writing and the storytelling style as well. So it was just a short story, but I I could feel it that way. It was written from the heart. So right. so that that is why I started loving your writing style right. as well and since then I have been following you and I was happily surprised when I saw your first book uh, the best life ever published um, which which was published earlier this year right 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 and, in april uh, yeah now as we are recording this podcast um, so your book has already become a best seller so congratulations yeah. for that thank you so much thank you yeah. so much so uh, how has your journey from starting uh, that short writing that short story uh, and now that you have written a book and published it how has that journey been can you take us through your journey sure so um, i think you know nature is 
a wonderful teacher mm-hmm. and nobody teaches better than nature yeah. if if you're perceptive to the little things that nature gives you and for me it's always been about the little things in life i have always focused more on the little joys i don't know it's probably how i grew up it's probably my upbringing and i am thankful for it but it's always such things that make me happy or make me sad and it's i've always grown up with with nature grown up in nature and grown up surrounded by nature and um so that's how it all started you know i grew up on this farm and to, to talk about this particular story mm-hmm. it happened the little things that it was a story about a boy who was saving earthworms on the road yeah yeah it was a beautiful experience that i had and somehow uh, when i write something it just makes me you know uh, think about it in a better way it makes me analyze that particular beautiful instance which happened right that's how i started writing to get clarity from the experiences around me because um, again it's just a very little thing uh, getting clarity of thought it's such a small thing right in life yeah, yeah, yeah. but for me that is what matters a lot and so i started writing about so that was actually the second or the third story that i had written mm-hmm. and then i by the time i was working on a blog that was called the 5am guy we'll probably talk about it later yeah sure. um so i happened to you know publish it on that blog and uh, it happened to be picked up by 11 asia which is a singapore based magazine yeah i a, remember that <laughs> yes a, a lifestyle magazine and they uh, asked me if i would be you know willing to give the rights for them to publish the story mm-hmm. and i was delighted i mean i was obviously happy yeah and i um so that's how the publishing scene started for me and it was the story was really like and and i went on to write so every little experience that happened after that i began to uh, write about it because it gave me again like i said clarity of thought made me a, a more grateful person mm-hmm. so i started writing little by little and then i you know a uh, couple of friends told me that probably you can put all of this together in a in a book mm-hmm. and so the initial idea was to write 42 such real life stories all right to why 42 i think uh, a lot of runners would agree with the number 42 uh, because it's 42 kilometers of a full marathon so one yeah, kilometer yeah. for for each uh, one story for each kilometer mm-hmm. that was the initial idea but then for a debut author like me like you know it would become a very big book a fat book like a 700 page book is not yeah. something that people would pick up would you know from especially if it comes from a debut author whose name hasn't been heard yet yeah so then um the idea was to split it into two parts like say a half marathon each okay 21 stories 21 21 yes and that was still coming out to a lot of uh, you know pages about three, size yeah, th- yeah 350 pages so mm-hmm. uh, then we further decided to pick 13 best out of the 21 stories mm-hmm. in fact out of the 42 stories okay and make a book and the best life ever is just that it's it's a collection of 13 real life stories which i happen to live on the farm running around on the farm and um life lessons from each of those wonderful experiences wow so can you describe um, 
when you were experiencing that so in real life you might have experienced that earthworm collecting boy right right so can you describe what happened exactly at that day and how did it hit your heart and mind to write that story you know just your question gives me goosebumps right now because it was such a beautiful moment See, you know when i i am used to running at 5 in the morning yeah, that's when that's i that's why that's why the name of the yeah. blog is the 5am guy of course <laughs> yeah yeah so i uh, so this particular day was extremely um you know rainy there was a thunderstorm and it was pouring it was literally and especially you know when you in the countryside you really feel the rain yeah because in the city it's hard it's, rain yes. in city it's not very yes. hard so, city yeah. rain is absolutely different and i think in bombay or in a in a big city you never really hear the thunder or or you know see the lightning and there Rarely, it is yeah. it's like the house is going to fall down today and today <laughs> is the last day for the house you know it's it's that terrible yeah it was such such a terrible morning and there was a thunderstorm and i just so for me it's you know just a predecided rule i just have to go and run this even if it's you know it's raining it's winter it's it's summer it doesn't matter i mean that's how i have uh, made myself to be but how how do you like keep yourself uh, like going at 5 am every day you have to because i also sometimes i decide uh, yeah now on i will be going at 5 am right. for a run right and but, then the next day i'm like snoozing in and yeah, sleeping in yeah. so what makes you like it's get probably, out of the bed it's probably a matter of habit that's mm-hmm. one thing and when you um, you know when you're living so close to nature you start working along those lines you start following the rules that nature sets for you because mm-hmm. on the farm it's morning at 5 am when right. when it's bright and it's night at 9 pm when it's dark or probably earlier so you got to sleep at that time yeah i mean the, the, <laughs> you don't so city life is obviously different it's a little hard on somebody who wants to wake up at 5 in the morning mm-hmm. so that's uh i'm i don't blame you if you you know <laughs> snooze off at 5 yeah, yeah. but yeah so it's just how things are in the right. countryside so it was pouring and it was just you know there was thunder and lightning and i just decided i'll anyway go for a run mm-hmm. and the streets were empty i mean you know obviously there, there's nobody who's going to go out in such rain and so i was just running and the rain was pouring all over my head and you know i was drenched in the first 2 minutes flat mm-hmm. and far in the distance on on the road i saw this young boy and he was doing something so since there was nobody else on the on the road i was like i mean what is this boy doing here why is he here at this hour and at such a time when it's raining so much yeah and i went closer to him and he was collecting earthworms because all along the road there were earthworms from the fields nearby yeah flattened by the passing vehicles and some were you know wriggling so trying to survive and this boy he was collecting earthworms and putting them back in the field mm-hmm. like one earthworm after the other on a stick and it was pouring and he was drenched he was cold and Still, he, was, he was on his yeah, job yeah he was just on his job so i'm like what are you doing like why are you doing this and he said my mom told me my mother always tells me you know earthworms they make the land fertile so my father would have to work so his father was a farmer like a poor farmer mm-hmm. my father would have to work less harder you know if the soil is fertile if i put all the earthworms in the in the land in the soil 
it's going to make my soil fertile and i almost laughed at him because how many earthworms would he be able to save you know yeah. how much of a difference would he be able to make right so i told him they're like you know hundreds and thousands of earthworms on this road how many are going to save like you are such a small boy and you'll probably spend the next whole week but you won't be able to you know save make a difference to yeah all of the earthworms mm-hmm. and then he just tells me yes that's okay but at least i saved this one like this one earthworm that i'm saving right now at least i made a difference to that particular earthworm mm-hmm. and i'm like yes that's such a huge thing you know it's it's just for for somebody like me probably for for anybody it would be like okay there are just so many earthworms why even bother but for that one earthworm whose life was saved mm-hmm. it's such a huge thing right it's yeah. it's like a life being saved so that really struck me and it stayed with me for a long time and then i just you know thought i have to write about it and that's what i did because th- these are s- such simple and yet so uh, you know intense experiences that the countryside gives you that the nature blesses you with mm-hmm. and you have to be perceptive to such uh, beautiful instances and make your life better because i think that's what this life is all about wow that's an amazing story yeah. so did you write immediately after that experience i mean the same day or like no, did no. you wait for some time and then it came to you that i have to write this yeah so the instance uh, kept playing over and over in my head and i went and told my mother about it i went and told my friends about it Mhm. And because I was so influenced by that, you know, that incident and a couple of days later probably I think I just uh you know thought I really want to write about it and that's what I did. Yeah, so that was the like the turning point from there you started, right? Could be. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I actually uh before that I had written a little bit about how running is on the farm, mm-hmm. but I think uh what the book is about like what the best life ever is about is essentially uh such incidents which i happened to live through so i think this was one of the first stories which happened in my life one of the first incidents that i lived through and i wrote about so yeah, yeah. so this this particular story is also in the book is no, it no i it's not in the book Yeah. because it has been published already by 11 yeah so uh, yeah of course so the rights mm. are with them so you could not publish right, that right, otherwise right. you would have probably i would have yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. this is one of the nicest stories that i have lived through oh, wow that's amazing and i finished uh, one chapter of your book also like oh, you did. Uh, in the last week i i bought the okay. book and then okay. i read first chapter and okay. i'm going through it and i'm enjoying it i'm like taking it slow to read the stories i think that's uh the best life ever is best read at your own pace yeah uh, you know in leisure and you don't have to have a name of finishing it in two days because that's not fun yeah and and you know uh, it is pretty visual the way you have written the book yeah uh, the first chapter itself when i was reading it when i was reading the first page itself i was able to i had to visualize that because you are telling the story from the first person perspective and yes. you are writing as if you are living the moment yes right so that's why i was able to visualize it and you have written uh, the lady which with whom you were living yeah the host right yeah the host and she has given you the map and i was able Correct. to visualize the map and right. she has written go left and right, so right. she has given the direction so it was really great how 
visually you have uh, yeah, so tried you, to conceptualize correct, the book and correct. written so it. So you've been a good reader because that's essentially what I uh, wanted while I was writing that the reader should uh, be me. Like as if, you know, the reader is living through what I am trying to explain. The reader should be in my shoes at that point of time. You know, it felt like... Uh, you know, in, uh, to these days on Instagram, there are uh, videos which are called POVs, like right. point of view videos. Right, right. So right. You, a yes. person is like running with the camera, correct. and you are able you are able to feel that you are that person correct, who is running correct. around the mountains yes, or something yes. like that. So it's the same experience which you are writing as right, you. Right, I'm glad it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also your book had a uh, forward from Milin Soman, right. who is the international supermodel and right, also right. legendary uh, yeah, in the locals for correct, running and correct. the running community. Right. So how did you get hold of him to write the forward? Do you know him personally, or how was it like to get the Right. So him. I didn't know him personally until the time I approached him for the forward. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I was writing, it was first for myself. It was essentially for myself. But I realized if it has to reach some people, I have to, uh, you know, take help of some uh, channel such as forward from a celebrity. Yeah. Because obviously, I mean, I would... I would really like it if more people get inspired by stories that I got inspired by. Mm-hmm. It's not, they're not my stories because, yeah. you know, they've been blessed. I've been blessed by nature to live such experiences and I'm grateful for that. But I would also like other people to get blessed with such experiences. And I wanted the book to reach as many people as possible. And so I decided to approach some um, celebrity or some, you know, influential person who could. Uh, you know, provide a better channel for the book to get publicized. Yeah, that's and yeah. so then Milan Soman was the first uh, person who came to my mind because he he's himself a very ardent runner. Yeah, and he's very well versed in the running community. And these stories are all essentially around running. Yeah, so getting to him was a big, I would say, challenge. Mm-hmm. So I sent the manuscript to him first for him to go through but as you know celebrities they hardly have uh, time to you know interact with uh, individuals so uh, obviously he didn't get back to me and he probably yeah. didn't have time to read through it and then uh, this was with uh, through through a contact who knew him personally mm-hmm. and then I so then we decided I'll probably send him a voice message requesting him to write the foreword mm-hmm. and send him one just one chapter of the book yeah so if he likes that chapter he'd probably you know agree to write the forward so that's when I sent him a little voice message you know uh, requesting him to help me out and request and you know telling him ex- essentially what the book is about and yeah. why I wanted to reach people yeah. and why I want people to get inspired by it right and uh, I sent the first chapter along with it and this is exactly what he said you know just what you told me uh, that you could actually, you know, visualize the entire yeah. uh, event, the events, the, the flow of events, the situation that you were in while reading. It was exactly what he told me. And then he really liked it. And he said, okay, sure, I'll write the foreword for the book. And yeah, so that's how it happened. Wow. And um, everything in the universe just falls into place and somehow something or the other works out. Yeah, so the the crux is never settle. Yeah, until you get right. there. That's right. Yes, yes. Wow. Just make a decision and decide what you want and you'll get it. That's what I believe in. Wow, that's amazing. 
So, uh, apart from being a young writer, you have chosen a very different life path. As from academic perspective, you are an engineer, but you chose to give up a lucrative job and came back from Germany to uh, live your life in a farm, basically, or a village. So, being close to nature and uh, doing farming as well, what made you make that uh, decision and choice? And how do you put your engineering skills at work now? Right. So, um, I have always grown up on this farm that I live on. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, ancestral land and that's where I've always grown up running around the fields and, you know, feasting on farm fresh fruits, wow. chasing cows and goats. That's, that's how my childhood has been. And that's how I've grown up. That's how I have been, uh, you know, molded into the person that I am. Mm-hmm. And... Then obviously, you know, life happens and you have to find a career path. And for that, I moved to Bombay mm-hmm. after my school. I uh, After 10th standard, I moved to Bombay. Okay. And then I did my engineering in Bombay from the Mumbai University. Mm-hmm. And then I did... Um, so in the meanwhile, I was learning German and I wanted to put it to use and... That along with my engineering skills. Wow, so you know English as well as German as well. Any other language you know? Apart from the Indian languages, obviously. So, yeah. <laughs> so being a polymath. <laughs> wow. So um, then I got a chance to do, a, do an internship in Germany. Mm-hmm. And after the internship, that was during my engineering days. And All then right. they liked my work and they offered me a job after I was done with college, mm-hmm. which I took up initially. And... I was working there and I realized all I'm doing in life is working and trying to make money and this is just what I don't want. I mean, it's not, it's you know, it's very cliche. It's so cliche. I don't even want to say it, you know, it's yeah. because everyone says life is not just about money. Yeah. But I mean, I have to say it because that's how I felt and I wasn't really growing as a person, as a human being. In the nine to five job. Yes. And one engineer like thousands of others. Yeah. And there was no uh, fun in life mm-hmm. and that wasn't really what I was looking forward to. And this I wouldn't really say, but one of the reasons why I decided to leave Germany was there was very little sun. Oh, <laughs> and it's very cold in Germany, right? Yes, All and most time. of the times it's cloudy and grey and... Gloomy weather. Yeah, because I am a very... Uh, you know, India has uh, sunny weather almost throughout the year except the monsoon months and when you're on a farm, you experience that a lot. Yeah. And that does play a lot of, uh, you know, it, it has a huge impact on... How you feel and how you physically absolutely. feel or emotionally feel right, as well. Right, right. So that was one aspect also. But uh, yeah, the main th- ma- the main reason why I decided to move back was this. That I wasn't really living life. I was just sort of surviving mm-hmm. and just trying to make as much money as possible. Right. And I was... I realized I was wasting the best, the most youthful years of my life doing something that was avoidable. Mm-hmm. Because I think everyone who probably is listening to this podcast, yeah. they have secured food on their on their plate at least. Right. They have, uh, you know, a roof over their head. They have clothes on their body. And if you are still after something so crazily, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's obviously important to make money, but... At the expense of not living a life, it's something crazy. It's something that is lethal. So, 
I gave it a lot of thought and then it wasn't one fine day but over a couple of weeks I decided okay this is it I'm just uh moving back to the farm and because that that is the life that is going to make me grow as a person mm-hmm. and I'll be able to I'll probably not earn as much but I'll be able I'll be happier that's what I thought so and so sorry to cut you here so you came up with a very interesting thing that you uh decided over the uh, couple of weeks not exactly a day right but uh for a lot of listeners who might be listening to this and they also want to get out of the 9 to 5 kind of rut correct so what things led you to uh, eventually uh, give up that job and give you such kind of braveness uh, so to yeah. speak Uh, that you were able to switch out of it and right. because a, not not a lot of people are like having such resources to hmm. not do the job uh, right. to get the money from there and eventually move to the passion so was there any passion involved for you as well because probably you might have the money but there should be some reason for you to switch out of it and do something else which you really like right 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 so um it was I was just coming to that you know it was one of the most difficult decisions of my life mm-hmm. and it was in a way a little uh you know not very well planned mm-hmm. because I mean I really wouldn't uh encourage somebody to just give up the job yeah but you gradually uh grow out of it yeah. once your passion takes over and once you can start making a living out of your passion. Yeah. The thing is you have to make time for it. You have to make time for your passion and you know a lot of people I know they all want to you know they tell me okay if I wouldn't be doing this job I'd be doing this but it doesn't work that way. You know if yeah. you're passionate about it you are already supposed to be doing what you yeah want to do. Of course. And you can't be like you know if I didn't have this job if I had the money I would you know just leave the job and do something else. doesn't work that way and then you just uh, someday start blaming luck you don't have to blame your job mm-hmm. you don't have to give up the job completely you just start working on your on your passions and when i was in germany i was trying to write a lot i was trying to write mm-hmm. to vent out my frustration and wow i did a lot of writing and obviously i wasn't making money out of that but you're having fun writing that right yes. and some frustration might be out but eventually you were writing some kind of stories there as well yes so. mostly mostly something like a diary yeah that made me think better it made me feel better because i was mostly very lonely there because i didn't have a lot of friends yeah um the other thing was i was talking about the fact that it's not you know you, you can't just give up a job and Uh, jump into your passion or yeah. blame the job for keeping you away from your passion if you are true to yourself and if you really want that thing to happen yeah. you should have started already along right. with the with the job i think that's how it works yeah and uh because i mean that does involve a lot of hard work right i mean you have to make time for it which means you probably get lesser amount of sleep you get, you have to compromise on your social uh activities yeah of course i mean that goes without saying and yeah. people don't want to do that and then they blame the job for keeping them away from their passion so uh, i think <laughs> true that's they're true. not passionate enough or uh they like like the money a lot more than they like their passion 
So right. I think it's either one of those. And a lot of people say, okay, uh, I don't need so much money, mm-hmm. and I'd be willing to settle for something lesser and follow my passion. Yeah. But they don't really mean it. They, because, like I said, you know, it was the hardest decision of my life to move away from a European salary and go to. India in and a village and yes, live there. Yes, yes, and you can imagine what kind of money I would earn if you know I was in a small village. Yeah. So it was obviously a huge difference, and a lot of people don't want to. They say they want to, but they don't really mean it, and they don't really mm-hmm. want to, uh, you know, settle for something lesser and follow a passion. So I think the problem is with us, and if we can solve that problem, then. Yeah, I mean, there should be a driving force. uh which actually can keep you awake in nights not literally but yes. essentially so uh, if you really want to write or maybe you want to paint or something like that right. any of your passion you have so you have to uh, be consistent with it and you have to put in the time put in the effort on every day basis or every week you have to put your work out to right. expose yourself right. and just uh, from the first hand experience also i am also like i'm doing a full time job right now yes. but podcast and blogging and like creating videos or content right. creation overall so that is kind of my passion and where i feel i should be doing better right. so every, every day i'm doing something for yes. that and every Absolutely. week i'm trying to put out a podcast so so from that perspective also i can say yeah you are truly speaking uh, people don't actually realize Uh, yes. that right, they right. are not putting their passion above than uh, their right, money right. and this is essentially why i'm having this conversation with you because the first time we met i saw that passion in you to go out on a sunday morning and <laughs> yeah. you know uh, not let sleep or the rain or the travel uh, be more difficult than uh, yeah, yeah. your passion and you put your passion first and in spite of having a Nine to five job. Mm-hmm. You're trying to make time for this using your own resources. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a big thing, and that's how I like to meet such uh, inspiring people like you because they inspire me to keep going. Oh well, thank you, <laughs> and I'm inspired by you also and yeah, your writing. <laughs> thank you so much. Of I think course. it always works both ways. Yeah, true, true, and. Uh, as i was also talking about your engineering can you also put some perspective on uh, what are you doing with your engineering skills right now so i think uh, like all engineers would agree with this that engineering is done so you know what you don't want to do <laughs> <laughs> what not to do exactly yeah, exactly <laughs> no jokes apart so when i decided to move back from uh, germany i had this vague idea of what i would fall back on mm-hmm. and that was my uh, so my father and my uncle were running this age old business and manufacturing steel castings steel castings yes. okay so it was a foundry and i mean you know it was a declining business and they were hardly making a lot of money and i with all my engineering skills decided to you know land up in such a uh, business or a soup if you can call it <laughs> so uh, that was a big decision for me but i was willing to settle for that for the you know for the uh, greater for the, good <laughs> yeah you can say that because i would you know in that particular uh, place get time for my passions yeah. and 
uh, what I really want to do. So it was also like a, in a similar way, you were doing something uh, with your engineering skills and as well earn money and yes. side by side do your passion as well. Yes, yeah? yes, right. So mm-hmm. uh, I was working with a family bu- business and that gave me time to work a little more on my passions and my uh, like what really mattered to me in life. Mm-hmm. And that's how I currently put my engineering skills to use. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And uh, dialing back a little, as you spent your childhood in your father's farm, as you mentioned earlier. Right. So can you talk more about how your family uh, nurtured you and influenced you to become the person you are today? I think everything that I am today, um, it's because of my upbringing and I'm you know, beyond grateful for how I have been brought up by my parents. It's all about the circumstances, right? I mean, you know, it's kind of how you've grown up. And I was extremely lucky to have been in this uh, beautiful place surrounded by nature and, uh, you know, brought up by such amazing parents. I think everything that I have done so far, whatever uh, little successes I've had, it's all because of uh, the kind of upbringing that I've had. So... Uh, and you know I really can't take any amount of credit like you know I just can't take credit for even the book that I've written because it isn't me who's written it it's nature who's inspired it and I've just been uh, an instrument in the process Mm -hmm. and wow it's just uh, you know come that that way do you believe in muse writers talk about the muse uh, like as you mentioned nature is the force and you are just the instrument yes that is the only thing i believe in actually uh, wow. <laughs> because uh, i think i okay i wanted to be a writer but it's not that i have you know uh, and i have made a lot of attempt to try and write but it wasn't until i was inspired by nature to Nature, running, a lot of other factors, the way I've grown up, the people around me. Um, You know, I've always grown up in a very spiritual environment. We have have an ashram Mm -hmm. on on the farm. And that ashram was built in the memory of our religious guru. Yeah. Uh, She's Padmama. We call her Ma. Padmama. Yeah. Okay. We we call her Ma, like mother. Mm Mm-hmm. And this ashram was built in her memory and that's where I've grown up. Mm -hmm. And so we always had uh, spiritual people who were a part of my childhood. They used to come and visit the place and the entire environment was so spiritual. And for me, spiritual, being spiritual has nothing to do with being religious. Mm -hmm. It's not about following a religion, being a Hindu or going to a temple because I don't remember the last time I went to a temple. It's just about being... Um, in the know, state of mind yes it's it's more uh, you know related to your own spirit right I mean being spiritual is yeah and literally yeah and being aware about you know your actions and I think it's the entire environment which played a role in my upbringing which got me uh, I mean to do whatever I did got me to take the decisions that I made in life mm-hmm. and there's not, you know, one thing that I'm not thankful about. Right from being very little and running around on the on the fields to my mother taking me and my sister to swimming classes. And yeah. that's where 
I sort of you know uh, fell in love with sport, mm-hmm. and then as I grew up a little in school, I moved to football, which was a newfound love back then. And uh, after college, when I when I moved back to the farm, I always you know it was because of my mom that I was such a sportive person, and I always wanted to continue with sports, but. all of my friends had left the uh, you know the countryside then they'd moved to bigger cities mm-hmm. so there was it was difficult to form a football team right you know yeah. you need a team to play football and so i i took up running then mm-hmm. and because i just wanted to and running is you know it's a solo sport so you can just right. do it anywhere you don't need somebody for it and there were and the roads you know the country roads they were always empty empty and inviting and never ending so you could just go on and on and that's when my you know i just uh, took up the sport mm-hmm. and yeah so that's how my upbringing has been and it's shaped everything that um, has become of me today wow that's amazing and that is very powerful thing which you said uh, even just to uh, realize that spiritualism is not exactly as uh, being in a religion following right. a religion right. so people uh, any any uh, any number of people i meet these days they are not clear about that part itself they correlate spiritualism with religion right. they conjugate with each other but they are actually isolated as well right because right. Uh, you can be spiritual as you said without Correct. following a religion following a religion Correct. or maybe not following exactly as well so i think that's a very powerful thing and people should realize that that spiritualism is just realizing your inner voice and knowing yes. what is in your own heart and yeah. like being aware of that voice Correct. i think so i think there are like hundreds of religions which are paths which probably make you a little more spiritual and make you yeah, listen to that voice exactly or you could just find your own uh path and make your own religion and be spiritual true but i think essentially if you are not paying attention to spirituality in your life you're just mm-hmm. absolutely wasting your life because finally that is what life is about until what point of time are you going to keep making millions and millions and you know keep living this uh, sort of hypocrite life yeah and the drama that we that we have made life to be yeah you know it's so spirituality is for me it's uh, mostly looking beyond a lot of these things and i'm i'm hardly there because i i'm just not even a beginner mm-hmm. and there's a long long way to go but i'm happy that i am at least on this journey and it, and i'm sure it is it will be a very fulfilling journey yeah and that's where i intend to be for the rest of my life wow and i think as you said for the rest of your life so i think spiritualism is not like it's not like having a goal but it's the journey itself yes which yes. is spiritualism yes that's right wow and uh, as you have uh, launched your book earlier this year so can you talk a little bit more about that how how did you get it published basically so you write the stories your friends uh, like influenced you as well that you should uh, write these stories which you are telling us right. and um, you wrote those stories as well but then how 
how one person get to launch their book or publish their book through an agency or maybe a press it was really a magical journey for me because when i started writing when i was writing the first story it was that at that time i obviously had no clue that this would become a book mm-hmm. and i was just doing it because it made me happy i was just writing because it made me think in a better way it made me a more grateful person and yeah essentially it was because once i had the story in front of me and i would just read it all over again and i would love the feeling that you know it's something that i wanted to write about and i've written it and i think i think the way you have uh, mentioned that i reread that story which i've just wrote and i felt really good about it yeah so that is what matters actually first of all that yeah. whenever you are creating something anything any piece of content right. or any maybe writing or maybe painting so if you yourself are able to feel that art right. and feel good about it i think then most of the people will yes i think that that is essentially what the aim should be i think a lot of content producers today they focus on the audience first which is i mean they've lost the battle there itself i mean yeah. you have to get to like your creation first it should be for yourself and then uh that's i think how it should be right so when i was writing the first story i had absolutely no idea it would become a book and i was just writing it because it made me happy mm-hmm. and then i began to share it with a couple of friends and you know close friends who i could uh, fall back on for feedback mm-hmm. and for honest opinion mm-hmm. and when i reached a point of time when i began to think of it as a book writing project after a point of time i did have to make some sort of effort to at least sit down and you know uh, start writing because i mean there always has to be some effort from your side and again so the inspiration luckily kept on flowing and i kept on writing and once i was done with the manuscript mm-hmm. i still had absolutely no idea how to <laughs> publish go about the book. publishing the book because this is not i mean i was not trained for it right i was yeah. supposed to become an engineer which i did <laughs> but i had no clue absolutely whatsoever how this should become a book so i started i mean thanks to the internet i had a lot of resources that are available to everybody for free so i uh, looked up the internet and there were different ways to uh, get published and i began to you know read up everything possible and i think uh, i was already at a point when i when i was thinking that i definitely want this to become a book so by the time i was writing for the book i was you know clear in my head that i really want this book to be published so i was you know i used to sit for hours and hours and try to find a way and i didn't really feel like work at all because i was just doing something that i wanted to do yeah that was the best part about you know all of this all of these uh, researches on the internet and uh, stuff like that and then finally so i decided to go through an agent i there were uh, people who said you don't need an agent a literary agent and there were people who said it's always good to have a literary agent and so i decided okay i'll go with a literary agent and i sent my manuscripts to a manuscript to a couple of indian literary agents mm-hmm. i think i must have sent uh, about 
35 emails or so wow uh, like 30, 35 different places and i got response from two of them mm-hmm. and they said they liked my manuscript and they would like to work with me mm-hmm. and then i you know um chose one of them and all through the while i was noticing things were sort of just falling into place the right kind of people were coming to me and it wasn't like i was stuck at any point of time mm-hmm. and whenever i felt stuck something or the others i would meet somebody or or i would just happen to you know browse on the net and find a, a youtube video which would somehow you know teach you the thing you would you yes, wanted to it know yes it was it was just i mean it sounds surreal but that was how it was universe tries to like put things together probably works yeah <laughs> so uh what happened was i was uh you know still trying to figure out what uh literary agent to go with and then i was just trying to you know be in touch with the literary world so i was just trying to uh go to literature fests that keep happening mm-hmm. with absolutely no idea what one is supposed to do there <laughs> so this uh, most of the literary fests were in uh, big cities so if they were in bombay it's uh, i mean i would be able to uh, go there but traveling all the way to a different city that would be too much expense and too yeah. much time so yeah. i tried to stick to bombay and around mm-hmm. so i so just you know one weekend i so one day i just happened to read about this literature festival in lonavla mm-hmm. and i told one friend of mine it's i mean i don't know what we'll do there but let's just go yeah. because we can just go there for the weekend and attend the literary fest and if not we'll just enjoy the it was during august or something so it was you know raining and it was beautiful onavla is a nice place to be in yeah. in the monsoon so i thought we'll just enjoy a weekend and we come back yeah and so i just happened to go there and i just happened to meet my current literary agent there so that's wow. how that's how it happened you know uh, the person i signed up with mm-hmm. i met that person at the onavla uh, lit fest So you earlier mentioned that uh, you sent thirty-five emails. Two right. of them replied back that right. you would like to work with them. So, so was uh, those agents not in the process? No. Right now? So one of them, one of the agents, I happened to meet. Uh, I was still, you know, uh, contemplating which agent to go with. Okay, so you were not fixed on those agents. Yes, yet. yes, and I had absolutely no idea because, I mean, an agent is supposed to help you get to a publisher. but who's supposed to help you get to an agent right i mean you do that by <laughs> yeah. yourself you just uh, have to rely on your intuitions and wow uh, you know your research so i was really not very sure about what agent to go with and i didn't want to make any wrong choice because they say agents are like your partners for the entire career of the entire mm-hmm. writing career mm-hmm. so i didn't want to i wanted to you know be very sure about the agent i decided it's like to go marrying with. yeah someone <laughs> in a way yes so i was really uh, so that that was one point where i was stuck and then i just happened to visit this literature fest and mm-hmm. i happened to meet that person and i somehow i just knew okay it has to be this person so i signed up with uh, the person who is now my literary agent wow so then uh, with the literary agent we um sent the manuscript out to prospective publishers mm-hmm. and we got 
a good response from penguin and jayco i was really delighted to you know uh, hear a positive response from them but eventually we decided to sign up with tree shade books because they had better terms and uh, actually penguin didn't really uh, agree to you know to signing me up because they want big names i mean they they, yeah. they are a big publishing house right. and they want famous people or uh, people who already published books further who already have a huge audience base but don't they have i mean every uh, publisher i think now have a separate uh, small sister publishing form which is like for the new authors or something like that just i'm just right. trying to uh, check i mean penguin does have a lot of those mm-hmm. but i think they all fall into the same set of rules which the company lays i mean um, author should have a good enough Reputed audience base something like yeah that. good and i was neither famous nor did i have an yeah. audience base this is like and starting from the scratch yes yes and literally <laughs> yes and uh, so then we th- th- we got another offer from tree shade books which is my current publisher and then it's based in bombay it's ba- they ba- they have their head office in uh, delhi mm-hmm. but they do have their distribution offices all over india so wow i think they're doing a good job and so then we signed up with uh, tree shade books and yes that was wow what the journey was i just want to ask you one more thing in the process uh, as you mentioned you like tried to research your way to uh, get to a literary agent mm-hmm. so are there any resources you would like to mention if a first time author would like to reach out to a agent so just they should just go to a lit fest or are there any <laughs> other resources which you would like to mention which might have helped you out right so i think the uh, best kind of advice i would give is which is a little vague but is to really want it right i mean mm. if you really want it it's going to happen so that's uh, one beautiful thing that will just you know somehow happen Keep in trying. your life yeah and to be a little more realistic i mean i can i would love to help any uh, you know aspiring author in fact there is a club in bandra mm-hmm. that wants me to do a, a workshop on getting published in india wow and share my uh, experiences and and my resources so we're planning on doing something like that so i think a lot of uh, aspiring authors aspiring writers authors would benefit from that i think uh, yeah that's a realistic uh, thing as you mentioned but i think one more thing which you can do is probably uh, create a digital course or maybe a video as well right. uh, which can benefit i mean millions of people if you can put it out in the right, right. internet or interwebs yes yeah. i can work on that so some young author in some corner of the world <laughs> you know if he gets stuck and just happens to open the video that'll be the way for him so yeah i'll work on something like that <laughs> yeah that's amazing and uh one more thing i would like to ask you am um, is there any audio version also for the book as of now uh, or are you working on something like that no we haven't yet uh you know put out an audio version it probably uh could happen sometime soon in fact i was you know uh in touch with an organization from mm-hmm. the south i think they're based in cochin or coimbatore i'm not sure um it's an organization for blind people mm-hmm. and they really wanted that the book be converted to an audio version because that would really yeah. help the blind people although there are um a lot of apps which 
you know you can just install and have the computer the robot read it out read it out but that's not the way i think why i'm mentioning that is because i am from the audio world right. and i love to do podcast and i love to listen to audio books as well right. uh one such app is audible correct, uh, correct. has which has been acquired by amazon like right. uh, some years ago and uh, i've been listening to audio books since like i don't know how many years 5 right. 6 years maybe right. and the audio experience when not a robotic voice but the actual yes. voice yes. of the narrator Yes. and most likely the author should read that book because Correct. as you have written the book from the first person view so if you are able to like portray that in audio mode it yes. it's amazing what wonders it can do it it can actually take the people who are not much visual themselves into that kind of uh, visualization so it, that's amazing yes um obviously you know when you write a book it's all about the feelings yeah you can't really have a robot read it out to you yeah exactly you can probably you know hear it but it's not going to be as uh, influencing as the human you know, correct correct so i'm open to such such progress yeah i think if you want i can also help you out in uh, putting out That'll the audio book really nice yeah we can yeah. i mean record the book and put it out on audible as well it it is the best platform i mean uh, right right audible is really you know catching up in india as yeah. well now i heard a lot of people using that uh, you know during the commutes because you can't really read a book during yeah. the commutes but you can listen to an audio listen book listen to an audio book sure i mean let's let's plan something like this yeah awesome that will be great yeah wow uh and uh, moving on from this uh, topic and uh, getting a segue into your personal life on a day to day basis life so what your uh, typical day look like these days so um like uh, there is a before and after of of being an author right. right currently yes because i've been traveling a lot and you know doing a lot of events for the book but my typical day on the farm is what my typical day is like and what i would you know always wanted to be like yeah so my typical day on the farm is uh waking up like any time between 4 4:30 oh my god and <laughs> and so i have a routine a morning routine which i'm very you know firm about mm-hmm. it's not that i have to be firm but i just like it to be that way so i wake up between 4 to 4:30 and i go through a routine which involves a first meditation mhm second pranayam wow and then i head out for my run which could be between um an hour or between 1 to 2 hours and uh, then i'm back and a quick snack that is when my like we so like i said you know we live on the ashram and we have a lot of uh, spiritual practices that we do as a family yeah so the entire family comes together and we 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 carry out these spiritual activities in the morning mm mm-hmm. uh, followed by you know breakfast together i think what kind of spiritual activities i mean are there prayers to be said yes so my mother uh, she does puja and she says prayers and we do aarti like a typical uh, hindu family would ideally do and then there is uh, yoga and meditation that we also have made a part of uh, in the family mm-hmm. so we do that's what we do together and then uh, breakfast i think 
a lot of how i've been molded is mainly also because we've lived together in the family and done a lot of things together in the family be it a simple meal or such spiritual activities together mm-hmm. and uh, that's what that is one thing that i attribute a lot of things in my life to so uh, so then we have breakfast and then um, i you know i'm either on the on the fields on the farm because we grow uh, mangoes and coconuts mangoes wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we have about 2000 mango trees and 2000 coconut trees wow that's so we massive do that commercially mm-hmm. and so I, that needs to be taken care of mm-hmm. i mean some management work that needs to be done there mm-hmm. and then i need to be on the on the factory where we manufacture these steel castings okay in in between somewhere i find you know uh whenever possible i find time to write mm-hmm. to write in office as well so yes. you, have, you have made a room or something like that to sit out and no, write no i would ideally you know uh, want that but i write on the go i mean sometimes i'm i'm scribbling in a notepad or i am writing down ideas on my mobile phone so or, do you carry a pocket book or something like that no no i usually you know if i am out and i want to write something if i have some ideas i just note it down on my mobile on a yeah. on a you know that's convenient yeah and uh, when i'm at home i'm usually writing you know either in a notebook or on the laptop it depends so like from there you are finding time to write and then you are in the factory so like what after that in the evening you so uh, yeah so then lunch and I I'm a firm believer in napping in the afternoon. Ah, <laughs> wow, nice. So, afternoon nap is, you know, always the best and so I nap for a bit in the afternoon and then followed by uh I mean, you know, it's a very irregular day that usually spans out only once you are in the day. so you can't really plan an entire day forward right because right. it's not something that you have to uh, keep doing it's not like a set pattern mm-hmm. ever i think that's the fun part right i yeah. mean you don't and really the have the uncertainty correct you don't really have a plan in front of you but you just see how the day yeah. you know spans out and so there could be times when i have to you know visit urgently i mean you know run rush to the farm because probably some uh, thieves have entered somewhere and uh-huh, they need to be happens. driven out yeah all the time <laughs> wow or if everything is calm and everything is okay then i'm sitting and writing mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, so the good part is the farm the factory the ashram and our house everything is on the same piece of land wow so that's the so you don't have to commute <laughs> yeah i think that's one big blessing that i have Mm-hmm. and um so evenings so once uh, all of the workers are done for the day farm workers have you know, after 5 they don't work anymore and then i usually go out for a walk with my mom mm-hmm. and or it could be a run or she cycles and i walk or mm-hmm. something like that and post that we have dinner and ideally before sleeping i uh tend to meditate a little bit because i find 
myself sleeping much better mm-hmm. waking up much fresher if i've meditated the previous night so i do that and then i'm in bed wow yeah. that like down by 9:30 or maybe around that time right yeah around that time so you avoid screens or mobile phones like uh, around that time yes so you know i i never watch tv because i think not that i don't have i have something against tv but i really don't have the time to i mean it's better to just take a walk in the farm than mm-hmm. watch tv that's and in but fact but then how do you uh, get a feed of news uh, from around the world and what is happening yeah so i do you know go through the newspapers a little bit so that's uh-huh. how and then i i try to keep away from social media as much as possible in fact you know i just had a just uh, two weeks back my facebook and instagram accounts got hacked yeah i was about to ask you that one day one fine day i was like going through my feed and uh, i thought to check the messages which were going on between right. me and you yeah. and i i saw where is this profile yeah, yeah. and so the profile was, was gone yeah it was gone it was deleted and in fact uh, the 5am guy page on facebook was restored by them uh-huh but my profile is still hacked i mean it's it, they've been it's been disabled by uh, facebook itself oh in so fact it, even my instagram profile was hacked a couple of weeks back and like all of the people who came to know about it were like oh my god i mean you it's such a disaster and you know it's such a it must be such a shock and in fact i was feeling so liberated <laughs> and i was like okay this is good i mean it's like a good sign and i'm you know i'll just keep away from social media and it's going to give me a lot more time for things yeah. which really matter to me so eventually the instagram profile was restored and these are the kinds of uh, you know evils that you have to you know be with mm-hmm. because i mean you know obviously if if i want my writing to touch lives yeah it has to reach people and it has to you know be seen it is the necessary evil as you said right. uh, because through social media and the internet itself you can reach like millions of people otherwise yes. from the word of mouth you cannot right yeah. right so uh, even though i want to keep away from so i mean i'm totally off facebook because it's gone and i'm really happy about it <laughs> yeah and i spend absolutely uh, you know no time on scrolling through uh, instagram profiles and mm-hmm. all of those things and and i'm happy that i you know don't have to, to do that i'm not addicted to uh, doing such a thing and so uh, i usually i'm in front of the screen very little lesser than an hour put together mm-hmm. including all all of the work that i that needs to be done for the book and okay so you most likely write on notepads and stuff yes yes because um oh you mean a physical notepad yeah yeah a lot of it on physical notepad and uh a lot of ideas go on the physical notepad if i'm sure about what i'm writing yeah it's usually on the laptop because you know it's much easier to yeah because you need to do some research as well alongside correct, that correct. yeah yes wow awesome and uh, as you as you described your typical day so how do you plan your meals uh, like because you are a runner and you know the value of nutrition right, right. so how do you plan your meals uh, and what kind of things you eat throughout the day can you share a little bit more about that yeah so um, diet for me is uh, it's not really a diet i tend to 
eat when I'm really hungry and it's always this fight between the mind and temptation yeah so i just even when i'm snacking i just try to stick to foods which make sense to me foods that i understand like when you for example when you just get something from the market something that's packaged you don't really know what has gone into the food and uh when you just you know peel open a banana you know it's a banana and you eating a banana so i try to stick to foods which i understand and foods that are whole foods mostly mhm not processed of, foods yes a lot of uh, fruits and vegetables because we grow our own fruits and vegetables right on the farm we yeah. don't need to buy them from outside yeah and that's one this mostly organic yes, that you're eating yes it's it's always organic and that's a huge blessing mm-hmm. apart from that i eat what i feel is you know uh, good and light so you, you when you eat something you know even though you really want it and you say this is i mean you know it's really good but deep in your heart you know whether you know it's uh, healthy for you if you feel good eating it yeah and it's all about listening to that you know voice Inner deep voice. inside yeah and that will just decide your diet for you and i I try to uh, eat long before I go to bed. I think that's one thing. Early dinner. Yeah, a very early dinner like um, usually latest by 6. Wow. So that's one thing that that's one that's just one rule that I follow. Mm-hmm. And there are no, no other rules it's just listening to what the body tells you. Wow, that's amazing. And and try not listening to the to what the mind is telling you. <laughs> yeah, mind is always going for the cravings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I try. I mean, I do give in to cravings once in a while, and that's, cheat days. Yeah, that's always okay. But as far as because you know, I'm not like a perfect, uh, you know, eater or a perfect nutritionalist. But mm-hmm. I just try to. be more towards the more conscious about what your body is telling yes, you yes yes wow and as you mentioned earlier about meditation so are there any specific kind of meditations you do in the morning and in the night itself or are there just like breathing exercises can you share a little bit more on that yeah so i think meditation is something that i have really you know started loving because it gives me a kind of experience which is very difficult to put into words you know the best kind of meditation practice that i am currently following i'm always evolving because i'm always trying out different uh, you know meditation ways and techniques and there are tons of them on the internet but essentially it's all about being aware about yourself about what your thoughts are it's it's not about thinking in some particular way or uh, trying to focus on something it's just being very natural and letting the thoughts flow letting your breath take its own course and just observing i think it's all about meditation is all about observing what you feel so yeah i was telling you about this best meditation practice that i follow currently mm-hmm. it's about looking at yourself from a third person's point of view Wow. It's mm-hmm. like uh as if, you know, I'm just sitting here and recording this podcast with you, but I'm looking at myself 
from here like from somebody from a bird's eye view yes right mm-hmm. so i can see myself sitting with you recording wow. i can see the the drama that's playing out yeah. so i think you know that uh, particular practice it what it does is it makes you look like you said from look at yourself from a bird's eye point of view and when you look at yourself from that angle everything that goes on in your life be it a problem or be it a happy moment or you know all these ups and downs that you see in life they just seem so small and so insignificant and so tiny minutiae yeah <laughs> and and it really is interesting to uh, see how you know the problems that you thought were really big they are like just Nothing. so small i mean it's very difficult to explain it but that's how you if not forever you f- you feel that way at least for a couple of minutes mm-hmm. that really gives you a perspective of what kind of life you're living and it makes you uh i think more emotionally stable mm-hmm. so you're not you know down in the dumps when something goes wrong mm-hmm. you're not you know just at the top of the world when you are on the top of the world you, you very you feel very balanced and it's a very fulfilling idea to be that way mm-hmm. it's not about not feeling emotions at all but about uh, looking at those emotions from a different point of view mm-hmm. and that's very uh, fulfilling and liberating yeah. and it's very uh, it's like you have control over these emotions which are like a jail for you most of the time taking over your mind yeah yeah mm-hmm. and that gives leaves you with a lot of energy to focus on uh, things more, that actually matter yeah more fulfilling things in life wow so the same way you told the meditation which is very visual in in mm, practice right. because only if you are a visual person you will mm. be able to like get out of your body and see yourself from yes, a bird yes. eye perspective i mean that and uh practice i think even people who are uh inherently very visual or so to say uh, they won't really i mean so, there are times when i can absolutely not you know visualize myself sitting there and yeah. i'm just not in the right state there are days when it's very difficult there are days when it just comes naturally yeah so i think it's all about sitting down sit, yes and uh, practicing it yes absolutely so i think you know first step to meditation is to just sit with your eyes shut it's so difficult <laughs> to do that you know yeah i, I, I know i mean i i wasn't ready to believe that until i tried it out and a lot of times i just want to open my eyes and just do something yeah and so it's it's like a challenge just to sit with your eyes shut for 10 minutes and if you can begin to do that i think you're meditating already just start small with 5 minutes and yeah. probably go on from there yes yes right. amazing and on that perspective as you said being aware and being in the moment so these gadgets these days and the social media they takes away the awareness and like puts you in a distracted state uh, many a times but uh, there are a lot of benefits also as we mentioned uh, like the social media is the necessary evil and on the different note uh, what gadgets or apps uh, which also might be like necessary evil but still you use on every day day to day basis which might help your life to get better i think for 
one's life to get better i think there's absolutely no gadgets required no gadgets required absolutely and i'm yeah. i'm a firm believer of a very minimalistic living i've been trying that since some time now mm-hmm. and the kind of power you feel when you realize you don't need something mm-hmm. is beyond uh, you know it's beyond words you can't really put into words the feeling you get when you you know decide okay i don't need this so i really don't uh, to make your life better i think you on the contrary totally you know you need to put away these these apps. gadgets yeah i mean you can't really do that because in today's world that is what you need yeah. and for your your passion to grow for for your uh, you know for you to grow in the kind of career that you want to grow in you do need these things but then you can always draw a line between being addicted and using them for your benefit for your inspiration and yeah so i think uh, you don't really there's not one single gadget i can name i it's i mean you know it's mm-hmm. yeah all right uh, and um, are there any failures Uh, till now in your life and any of those failures uh, it might be a like one of your favorite failures so to speak uh, which might have uh, been a stepping stone in the success of your journey yes yes i mean there have been failures all my life and i am really so grateful for all of those events which played out because it was because of you know those uh, events and i never really you obviously tend to be a little depressed when something doesn't work out yeah but when you look when when you passed that phase and you look back it's you realize it was such an important step and it, if it wouldn't have happened you wouldn't in no circumstance would you have been able to you know reach where you are right now mm-hmm. so um, i think if i can think of, okay so you know when i was um, in 6th standard the idea of first uh, you know writing a book came to me i wanted to become a writer become an author and that's when i started writing a book that was inspired by uh, james and the giant peach by roald dahl so i read mm-hmm. that book and i was inspired by it and i started writing my own novel which was very amateur so it didn't really you know make it beyond my rough book back then but then uh it seeded the idea yeah so i think the idea came from there and then when i was in college i started writing again and this time i was really really you know writing hard i was really firm on finishing a book mm-hmm. and i started writing a novel wrote 52 chapters of that particular novel 52 chapters yes wow. it was quite lot it was about uh 150 odd pages mm mm-hmm. and then suddenly i lost interest in the book completely that was a terrible thing to happen because you can't lose interest in something that you've been working on for so long it's a disastrous feeling it's like the worst defeat you can ever face mm-hmm. and that happened and i realized this is not going to be you know this is not really what i want the book to be about mm-hmm. i don't like the plot the plot is you know i don't like the characters anymore i mean i just fell out of wow. love mm-hmm. and um you know it just slipped out 
it was a dream which i really wanted i was looking forward to fulfilling but it didn't really work out and so a uh, couple of years after that this book came out and i realized what i learned from that particular failure was that i wasn't being myself in in the book my writing i wasn't doing the writing that uh you know i wasn't really being who i was i was trying to copy someone else maybe yes yes probably not entirely copy but i was trying to fake feelings i was trying to fake emotions and i wasn't uh writing something that was true to my own heart mm-hmm. and that was the lesson that i really learned that was probably why it didn't work out and i'm glad it didn't work out because <laughs> if that book would have been published i wouldn't have you know liked to have my name on it i wouldn't have been able, you know i wouldn't have liked to own it and call it my book because it wasn't really my book it wasn't really my feelings and emotions and eventually you didn't like uh, the plot itself yes, right? right so right. we have spoken earlier like the things which you create first of all you should like that yourself exactly. right exactly coming back to <laughs> where we began square one so yeah so then the book that i uh wrote like the best life ever mm-hmm. the kind of happiness i got when i finished that book you know when i had the manuscript in front of me it happened because i was you know uh being true to myself and being true to my feelings and emotions and that is what really you know that's what that's one big lesson which i had learned from the previous failure so wow this is the third book probably you've written right <laughs> Uh, but the earlier two yes. were not not realized yes, if you count those two yeah <laughs> the wow. third one yeah so you learn from your mistakes and then you step into another stone and then there is the success yes so i think you know it's uh always advisable i won't really call it an advice but people say and it's again very cliched that you should look at failures like you know they are something to help you and it's not just that look at the entire flow of life every single event which happens in life as something that is taking you forward something that is helping you become who you want to be even if it's just uh it it's not necessarily failure it could be an hour or two which you thought could have been used in a more productive way but somehow the circumstances were such that you happened to you know spend one hour at the bus stop and just waste your entire hour and you mm-hmm. think you know you just in a bad mood because you just had to do that it was raining and you couldn't you know do anything else if you use that i mean you know even such a such an experience can inspire you in some way later in life and if you take it positively and you know consider every single event good or bad or neutral mm-hmm. in your life and take it as something that is taking you forward to where you want to be then yeah. it definitely will it will turn out to be that way and you yeah. look back and thank that little thing that happened in your life yeah as as exactly as you mentioned about uh, like being on the bus stop i recollect a very recent story uh, there is an article which i wrote some time ago mm-hmm. on depression actually mm-hmm. and anxiety and i feel very close to that topic because mm-hmm. i have uh, been through uh, a bout of anxiety and uh, as you mentioned it's not a failure i mean it's just about the perspective 
uh, one fine day i was like uh, coming from the office and mm. uh, i parked my vehicle in the parking lot and uh, i was just waiting there to rain to stop so that i can go home from there and it never stopped raining and uh, i thought what should i do now because there is a lot of traffic and there is a lot of uh, rain which is pouring in so i just stopped at the nearby mcdonalds and mm-hmm. i sat there and i opened my laptop and i started writing that article which is like trying to come out from a long time amazing and amazing. I, i wrote like almost 1500 words wow. it's a long article wow. and it turns out to be really good and it was right. from that moment that i i i can yeah i can totally relate to you that right. as you would like to like uh, use your time it's totally up to you Correct. the failures uh, restrictions which like i couldn't go home hmm. so i i tried to like make use out of that time so right, that's right. what you have to do yeah so course. you know my principle in life is always this you know either you win or you write <laughs> wow so it's always that that, right? that know, should be a quote <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so either something good is happening or if something bad happens you're going to you know later write about it you have to write you, about it yeah <laughs> amazing and um coming to another crucial question uh, can you name one person who has been a mentor to you or maybe who has had a big impact on your life he might not be like a first person in your life maybe a third person who you just are inspired from i think you you're supposed to meet somebody i mean everybody comes in your life for a particular reason and it's up to you whether or not to seek inspiration from that person mm-hmm. and i don't really you know know if it really works that way but i do believe in it mm-hmm. the universe sends people to you for a reason you meet people for a reason mm-hmm. and they are meant to inspire you so like i happened to meet you and i got inspired by you wow. that's how i'm we're spending time together right now yeah i think every single person who i meet i don't really learn from everyone because i you know it's beyond me to uh, really look into that the reason why the person is you know meeting me right right there but someday i hope to you know find inspiration and make everyone around me a role model because that's what is what this nature what this uh, universe intends so like uh, make everyone around you a mentor uh, seek yes. inspiration from them right yes yes not just everyone but every thing every mm-hmm. object yes wow like first of all you have to observe for that yes yeah? yes i think it's all about how uh, observant you are and there's everything that you need to be who you want to be mm-hmm. be where you want to be you mm-hmm. just have to uh be ready to observe and learn from it and make your way amazing and uh, coming to another uh, fun question what under 5000 rupees purchase uh, you have made recently which changed your life in a better way okay uh what really changed my life under 5000 would be a pair of shoes and a pen <laughs> Wow, so, a, a pair, pair of, of shoes, shoes and a pen. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know, uh because running and writing are two things which really changed my life. They've made me a much better human being. I think I would like to call myself a better human being from what I was mm-hmm. and a much more grateful person. Mm-hmm. I think life is much better after a run or after a good session of writing. Mm-hmm. You because i think running is a very meditative sport you 
have especially when you're running in the countryside when you in there's nature. no distractions yeah in yeah. nature you just have the road and yourself and just trees around you so you tend to think a lot you have a lot of thoughts and you you mostly observing those thoughts because it's an hour or two just with yourself mm-hmm. with no distractions i usually run without my mobile phone so oh wow you just listening to the rhythm of your uh, breathing or to the sounds around you and you're thinking like you're just thinking all the time about looking at the thoughts which which come and which it's go it's astonishing how you don't your mind doesn't stop and thoughts yes, are flowing yes, all the time yes absolutely all the time and so i think uh, running helped me look at um thoughts in a much more clear way mm-hmm. and i think everyone a lot of people would agree a lot of writers would agree when they write something that is when they actually discover it mm-hmm. when they write about a particular emotion that is when they truly begin to understand what that emotion was all about yeah so that's how i think uh, running and writing have been two very uh, i think they are my everything so what are you currently up to and what is the next challenge or goal you are looking forward to i mean currently of course you are in in the promotion of your book yeah. ongoing promotion that, so yeah that takes up uh, quite a lot of time uh, you know being at events and promoting the book apart from that i'm as always running and writing because that's oxygen for me that's my muse that's my inspiration that's yeah my heartbeat and my life mm-hmm. so uh i i never skip a day without uh running and without writing a little bit and for upcoming projects i mean upcoming book writing projects i am waiting for the right kind of inspiration to strike and i do hope it's it comes soon because it's not me again who's writing the book it's yeah. the inspiration that it's the muse yes so i'm waiting patiently for it to arrive <laughs> wow amazing and uh finally before we wrap up this conversation any advice uh, you would like to uh, give to first time authors uh, i mean apart from launching the book uh, like where to start first of all um so i think for first time authors or aspiring writers aspiring authors the if i were to give them one piece of advice or you know one uh, yeah one piece of advice it would be to be yourself because that is so important when you're writing and there's one thing that i like i said i learned from that big failure of mine mm-hmm. and a lot of people these days you know they're trying to be somebody they are not they're trying yeah. to fake things and it will take you some way but it will never get you happiness one and whatever success you get is going to be short lived and even if it's not if it's not making you happy is it even success yes yeah. so uh the fo- the be- the only piece of advice i can give them is to just uh be yourself keep writing and be patient this is you know something like this- three three part advice yeah be so- yourself keep writing and be patient yes yes i think uh, you really need to be very very patient it's a slow a very slow blooming uh you know art like creativity always is right i yeah. mean sometimes you have to scary. enjoy it and it should yes. be slow yes. right yeah right right so it was great talking to you aditya shroff <laughs> <laughs>
since we talked first till now i mean i've learned a lot about you and we sort of became friends right right and um, i'm really i'm really happy for you that you have launched your book and uh, like on the way to success already right, a best seller anything you would like to mention about your book uh, like where can people get it uh, the best life ever yeah so everybody can live the best life ever <laughs> so this book uh, is essentially a collection of short stories that are based on my experiences growing up on a farm running around on the farm uh, about the relationships and the experiences that i happened to live through mm-hmm. and life lessons from each of them so uh, this book is available on amazon it's available on my uh, website as well you can purchase an author signed copy on the website that's the 5amguy.com mm-hmm. and it's available on amazon they have some good discount mm-hmm. um yeah you find it in most uh, retail bookstores like crosswords and oxford and wow such awesome and, and and any links you would like to mention where can people reach you if they would like um i try to respond as much as possible uh it could probably send me a message on instagram that's uh, the 5am guy is my instagram handle yeah everywhere the 5am guy <laughs> yeah it's, you just try to you can send me a message on the 5am guy and i'll do my best to respond to it awesome so all the good stuff and all these links and uh, uh, things i'll mention in the show notes of this episode and thanks for taking the time aditya i really was, appreciate that thank you thank you thank you so much because it's always a pleasure talking to somebody who's you know just as passionate as you are and passionate in the real sense and i really enjoyed this conversation just like i enjoyed the the first conversation we had yeah. you know at a coffee shop <laughs> yeah a couple of weeks back yeah. and i really look forward to interacting more with you and you know doing projects together it'll be really good yeah i great. think on the audiobook we have yeah, to collaborate we can do that definitely <laughs> awesome awesome definitely. great thank you so much for having me here yeah it's my pleasure thank you Hey guys this is Himanshu again now before you move on here's something i want to share with you i have one weekly newsletter which is called saturday pentacle you can think of it as a weekly one page magazine for the curious minds where you'll find five awesome things which i've been pondering on in the last week it may contain popular articles blogs photographs instagram posts books videos products or thoughts it's completely free if you want to get it just go to himanshusasdeva.com that's my name himanshusasdeva.com and drop in your email you'll get the very next one i hope you enjoy it and thank you for listening